Hello there, Patreon listeners, and welcome to the Patreon version of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. I'm John, also known as Hi There, Catsuit, and welcome to this special edition of the show. It comes without all the promotional announcements, but every bit of the interview. As all of our fancy production will go into the final show, you won't hear Nookie's voice introducing it or all the fancy music, but you do get the show weeks before it comes out. So enjoy this special Patreon edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. And thank you for supporting the show. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, a show about how people connect and the journey to become their authentic selves. I'm John, also known as Hi There, Catsuit, and today we meet someone who has not only developed their own connections, but is helping others find them as well. The Shamanatrix is a pro-dom that is local to Denver, Colorado. In addition to her femdom personality, she works as not only a kink consultant, but a lifestyle matchmaker. Part Amazon, part goddess, she keeps herself busy with shibari, humiliation, bondage, and now electro. So what does the woman who wants others to find their best connections want for herself? It's the first five. And as always, we start with the first five. Five questions about first for the shamanatrix. And I always love asking this as a first question. First time you knew you were a little bit different. I was 20 years old and I watched a Sex and the City episode where they talked about shibari rope. I don't remember which episode it was, um, but they talked about buying these Japanese ropes and I, like in five minutes, I bought them. Uh, my partner never learned how to use them, but that's a different <laughs> different story. <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't explore a lot sexually uh, when I was younger, so uh, after, you know, 19 or 20, I really started to explore more. First time you knew you could dominate a man. Well, I've been dominating men since, since as long as I can remember, just in different ways. I think that, um, being in control of, uh, who you are and how you carry yourself is a very powerful, um, element of being a woman. And whether it's, you know, kink domination or just showing people what you got. I mean, I've always, I've always had that in me. Sexually, it just never really interested me um, until I had a partner uh, in 2019 who asked me if I would top him. And I, I was just thinking, you know, well, this is something that he asked me to do and I'd be happy to do this for him. I want him to feel pleasure. Uh, and then we performed at a party, like a play party together. And someone reached out to me on FetLife and asked me if, if they could pay me to do that to them. And I was like, sure. <laughs> I'd never even thought about it. So it, it all has manifested. But at the core of who I am, uh, I'm just a dominant woman through and through. First time, and we're going to talk about the list a little bit later, but first okay. time you introduced people who are the perfect match for each other? Ooh, well, I've only been doing the list for a, a while, a, a little bit, but in high school, actually, I had a friend uh, who, you know, she, she hadn't dated too many people and we met this 
this guy who was a couple years older than her and I said this is the one for you and seven years later they got married so <laughs> it took them a while but uh they're still married they they have a great time together and I just think um I've always been the introducer I like to mix friend groups I like to create communities um I want people to feel welcome and and that goes along with finding a partner too first time you ever had to block someone on any form of social media and why? Hmm. I don't necessarily remember the first time. Um, since I've started this social media account, it's usually people who send pictures of their dick. But, you know, <laughs> um, and I report them. So you block and report. Um, I don't, I, I have a very big heart and I am an empath and I try to be very understanding. So I don't always have the strictest boundaries, which I've learned is not healthy for myself. So uh, this past year, I've learned quite a bit about that. But before then, blocking was not something that I did. So. First time you ever received a dick pic and your reaction to it. The first time I received a dick pic was because uh, I asked for it. I was in high school. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think I was a very, you know, sexual being. I had a boyfriend and like we definitely sexted. Um, but I asked him for a photo. So that was nice. I do get a lot of uh, unsolicited ones now, but um, those people get blocked as we just discussed. <laughs> Realizing that you're polyamorous can be a wonderful insight. The Polyamory Dating Guide is a book about finding other people who share your view of polyamory and want to share it with you. This book includes a variety of sections on poly-specific dating, such as navigating online dating with a review of poly-specific dating sites and how to make a profile that works, real-time dating tips that will tell you where to find polyam people and how to make a positive impression, how to date as an existing couple, and if you should, dating as an introvert, queer in dating, and lots more. Get your copy at polyamorydatingguide.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Allison Ass, trauma-informed sex and intimacy coach and educator and the founder of TurnOn.Love. And I teach a wide range of workshops and courses on topics including flirting and seduction, deepening emotional intimacy, expanding pleasure, exploring fantasies, repairing ruptures in relationships, navigating non-monogamy, and more. And I work with individuals and couples in a coaching dynamic to support them in getting out of their heads and into their bodies and navigating challenges like erectile dysfunction and anorgasmia to help men figure out how to express their desires in ways that feel authentic and not let opportunities pass by any longer, to help women explore what they want and really advocate for it in their relationships, and to support couples in getting the spark back and in exploring non-monogamy if you want to open up your relationship. To explore all this and more, you can check out my website at www.turnon.love. And don't forget to listen to my episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. It's in the archives wherever you listen to your podcast. Hi, this is Jane Boone, the author of the novel Edge Play. It's a revenge fantasy where the big short meets 50 shades of gray. Only the women wield the whips and the billionaires submit. You can find it at Amazon in paperback or for your Kindle. And be sure to check out my episode with Tara Indiana right here on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Thank you.
It is simply the most powerful episode we've ever done. When when I had the death of the ego and I really, well, I walked away from what a, being a kink educator or a dominatrix means to my ego or what being a singer um, or someone who booked educators or cover bands for so many years, what does that say about me? That's just things I've done. It's not who I am. You know, and the important thing is that we help others and that we be of service. So if someone's listening to this show and they're feeling maybe badly about a job they have or a direction they've taken, there's no mistakes. The artist formerly known as Hudsey Hahn, Hudsey Brook, June 8th, on what women and other wonderful humans want. Back with the Shamanatrix as we talk about connection now. And one of the things that I was really impressed by on your FetLife is that if somebody wants to meet you for a session, you actually have a form for them to fill out. And the mm -hmm. thing that impresses me about that is it makes them think about what they really want. Tell me about how the form came about and the reactions you've had to it. Well, as I got myself further into um, this profession, I started realizing that one, um, I'm monogamous. So anything that I do uh, in a dominatrix session or a BDSM session, um, I don't perceive as sexual. And I want it to be very clear to the person that like we're living in a fantasy. There's a difference between a fantasy and a reality. Um, and in my reality, I have a number of very strict boundaries that I like to stick to. Um, and I want people to understand, sorry, my dog just shook in the background. <laughs> um, and I want people to understand that if they're paying me for a service or anyone for that matter, they need to understand what their intention behind this is. Is it that they've never been tied up before and they want to know what it's like and they want to feel like they can trust the person who's doing it? Is it that they're not sure if they like humiliation, but they know that I'm going to be respectful to them and we're going to talk through the boundaries? I really want them, number one, to think about their intention behind, you know, doing this. I'm not a prostitute. Uh, I am a you know, BDSM professional, and I want you to feel safe exploring. And so part of that is just being very professional with my approach. So they'll fill out the form. And then I think that also is part of the vetting process is like, oh, this person really wants me to think about it. I don't know what my hard limits are. Well, I'm not going to play with you then because you obviously haven't thought about it too much. And for me personally, because I am monogamous, because I have uh, a nine to five, you know, I, I have a, a very strong career. I have my own life. Um, I want those boundaries to remain as is. And I want to stick to my intention of letting people explore safely and feeling, um, feeling uh, respected with that. Obviously, you're able to vet a lot of the people who just go, I want you to do anything to me. And people yeah. who don't give those <laughs> kinds of boundaries and those kinds of thoughts. Mm -hmm. Do you think a lot of men, and I, I'm putting that in a general term, but many men go into BDSM or wanting to explore BDSM just for the thrill of it? Or do you think that they understand the psychology behind it? 
I wouldn't say that majority of the people that come to me understand the psychology of BDSM. Um, you know, from what I read, and, and I wouldn't go as far yet to call myself an educator, but I am definitely an enthusiast. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I've read a lot of books about it, and I do try to continue my own education. Um, but I don't think other people are on that same level. I think some people maybe get into deep into a rabbit hole and they start fantasizing. They don't really understand what's behind all of that. And they don't understand how, if you uh, execute it poorly, how, how badly things can go. Um, you know, I, I also don't think that men who solicit my services um, always think about the risks that I take as a professional. Right. And so when I'm telling you there's a, a deposit, uh, you need to list out these things in writing and we need to talk on the phone before. Like there are all these rules. And I, I really believe in protocol as part of the vetting process, because if you don't understand those things, you're not on the level that I'm practicing. Um, and I, I kind of forgot your original question. <laughs> I, I don't think they understand the psychology behind it. No. <laughs> and that's OK. I think some people show willingness that they want to, but they don't know where to start. And that's where some of the kink consulting comes in. I have a number of clients that we just do, we'll do guided readings together throughout the month and we'll do uh, questions, you know, every day that they'll write on for 10 minutes. And then every week we'll do a phone discussion. We'll talk about what they learned that week, what we're reading together. Um, and I just think it's a different approach for a lot of people who have shown interest, but don't even know where to start. What about women? Do they come into BDSM in a different way? I am actually part of a group of kinky women that we kind of like assembled out of our rope uh, rope uh, studio. And they are very different. They want to be intentional. They want to read books. They want to try all these new things. Um, and most of the time, um, when I see a female bottom that's very experienced, the only thing I would tend to consult them on is understanding why limits are important and boundaries can help you explore sexually and, and through kink. I think a lot of uh, bottoms in particular really struggle with understanding when to say yellow, I use red, yellow, and green, mm -hmm. and understanding that like saying yellow or red is not the end of your, you know, your scene or, or your um, relationship with someone. It's really an opportunity for you to understand your interests better. And that's what I see more and more with the women that I interact with is if they don't understand their limits or they don't know how to say it out loud, then they might need a little bit more education, but they are very good at like being open-minded and exploring. It's just what happens after we go a little too far. Regular listeners of the podcast have heard me say this before, but I'm going to put it in very simple terms and I'd love your thoughts on it. Men are about the destination. Women are about the journey definitely think that that's uh, relevant in this case, but I also think that there is a, a very large portion of the scene that is gender fluid, that is, you know, th that they're non-binary and um, learning how to also wrap in with that is interesting too. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, do I have a lot of straight guys who are like, fuck me in the ass? Can I curse on that? Yes, you may. <laughs> okay, you'll bleep it out. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people are like, I just want to be fucked in the ass. And it's like, 
okay, I'm not going to do that because I, you know, I don't think you understand why that might interest you. And to me, I, I do want to be part of the exploration, not really part of this, like, um, you, you're not going to be satisfied when you get pegged by someone you've never met and then they, you give them $500 and then they leave. I don't think that that's a satisfying kink experience. Um, other people may disagree. Maybe you have a fetish about strangers, but to me, that's not what I'm what I'm in it for. So I can agree with that for sure. What is the surefire way to get your attention and what is the surefire way to lose it? <laughs> um, in order to get my attention, I am a strong believer of protocol. So protocol above all, um, I think, you know, you address me as ma'am, you fill out the form and you wait because one, I have a regular job and my whole life, I will answer you when I have time. Um, if you want my immediate attention, all you have to do is send me a Venmo and it's very quick. You know, I, I outline the process of if you want to text me for 30 minutes, send me $50 and you will have my undivided attention. And the people who have really engaged with me and that trust me, uh, they know that that's a fact, you know, it, it's and it's not even that we text every every week or whatever. There are some men who, you know, they want to connect with me whenever they're feeling some type of way. And they know exactly what to do. That's what protocol is all about. You send me $50, I'll send you a text right away when I see it and I'll set a timer. And then after afterwards, you know, I'm gonna check in with you. Like I think people need to get into some, some habits and understand why those boundaries are important. So that's the best way to get my attention and to lose my attention is just not to follow rules. Send me a DM, DM on Instagram, you're, you're done. Pretty good boundary right there. <laughs> Has it been difficult establishing a professional persona and does it go against the person that you are in a nine to five world? Meaning are you two different characters? I definitely am two different characters. However, at the, at the core of each one is a, a very strong willed person. Um, and they both have a goal in mind, right? In my nine to five, I am still a very dominant woman. I am in sales. I'm well-spoken. I present myself very well. Um, and I play a character there too. You know, when I go visit a customer, um, I'm dressed well. I have to know, you know, what it is that they need before I get there. I really have to understand what it is they do. And I'm in, uh, I'm in industrial sales. So it's, uh, it's very technical. Um, but in my, you know, my, oh, sorry, <laughs> working from home is, is next level. I can't stop. Hold on, I just want them to stop barking before. Okay. Um, in my, you know, side hustle is what I would call it. Um, I have just learned that boundaries are going to be the important factor in um, maintaining this persona, right? Because if I want to have the relationship that I have, I'm in a monogamous relationship, he also has to trust that whatever I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing what I, what I say I'm doing, right? And I have, you know, auto responses, I have forms, I have this and the other, it is very buttoned up. And I don't think a lot of people view it that way. They sometimes let the two create some gray area. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've been good at that with my nine to five. I've been good at that with this. So, and even my nine to five, I used to work in advertising and there were always opportunities to blur 
you know, the line um, or be unprofessional. And at the end of the day, that's what it is. You have a professional side and you have your, you know, your casual side and you don't let everyone see your casual side, but the right people, fine. <laughs> I'm curious, you being in sales, if there is a certain look or a certain tone that you can put into your voice when you are pitching a sale and there's a guy sitting back listening to you, where you know that if you turned it up just a little bit, that he might find that he's more apt to want to comply with your sales wishes? Um, it, it really depends on um, your motive. I would say in the type of sales that I do, um, people are already captivated by a, a tall blonde uh, woman who understands what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. um, I think if you flaunt anything else, you're kind of you're not a very good salesperson, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And the key to most sales, in my opinion, is um, is learning that like people want to aspire to be you. They want mm -hmm. to, and then they'll buy something from you. So if people can aspire to be where I am, or they like what they see, they want to know more, they're going to buy more things from mm -hmm. me. And, and that doesn't necessarily align with like how I look or, you know, what my voice sounds like. I would say it's more about how I carry myself. Um, but I'm sure that there are a lot of people who do that. Um, and I don't think there are a lot of men who are interested in uh, what I'm offering on the side in my normal business. They might be, but. <laughs> mm -hmm. But let me rephrase that in a slightly different way. I'm mm -hmm. not talking about, let's call it sexiness. I'm not talking about flirting. I'm mm -hmm. talking about the power dynamic, the ability for you to be in charge of a room when you walk in. Sure. That is definitely uh, what I have on my side. And putting people, uh, I don't want to sound harsh, but putting people in their place is really important, right? Understanding that, um, you know, I had a customer last week who, uh, it was, it, they're a new customer for me and they were disrespectful to me on the phone. And I said, frankly, um, I don't understand where your animosity is coming from and I certainly don't deserve it. So if you don't, if you don't want to respect me, we're going to have a different conversation. And I don't think a lot of people talk to each other that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not yelling, but I am telling you that like, uh, I am not someone worthy of your, you know, whatever your, your humiliation or mm -hmm. your degradation. Um, I am your equal, if not better than you. Um, and using that sort of dynamic is really important, right? So this week I told that customer something was missing from their email mm -hmm. and um, laying that out on the table saying, I have, I have all of this um, power, I have attention to detail and I know what I'm talking about. Uh, I think that's a great position to be in if you're a salesperson, but that's also just coming along with confidence. You know, you have to be confident enough to say something that might put you at risk. You know, if, if my boss was uncomfortable with how I talked to that man, uh, it might not have gone the right way, but he was like, good for you, you know? So it's just depends on the company you keep too. In professional life and in your professional Dom life, is a whisper more powerful than a scream? It depends. Um, it depends on where you catch 
the subordinate, right? So um, if they're really not expecting it, a lot of times I throw water, you know, I'll, I'll do just something completely out of the ordinary because it's shock factor. Um, but then at the same time, when I'm trying to get someone into subspace, um, it is about a whisper. It's about getting close to them. It's about giving them shivers, you know, and um, at work, I don't always have that, uh, that demeanor. I do get pretty fired up. So um, a whisper wouldn't work always in the industry, but mm -hmm. it's not a scream, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. but, it, and then in my Dom life, you know, if someone is quietly sitting on the, on the floor with a, with a, um, what are the, a blindfold on, I like, can't <laughs> even think of the word, um, with a blindfold on, you know, and we're doing impact play and, you know, it's, it's been really quiet and soft and, and they're not listening or they haven't said thank you then I'll surprise them with a yell. You know what I mean? Like I'll catch them off guard. So it just depends on what, what you're trying to use it for. I find that very fascinating. Oh, good, yeah. <laughs> One thing that I notice in your pictures is that you always have either a joyous smile or this slightly, it tells a story about you. Sure. Because <laughs> I'm not a very good model. <laughs> what I have seen and yeah. in our correspondence yeah, I, with each other, which has been absolutely delightful. Uh, I'm not a fetish There model. is this serious person who's just yeah, wanting this happiness to get out, but you're trying to hold it back. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to be professional with people until they they know me because the moment you are regular you to everyone, they think that you can cross all these boundaries, you know, and, and even some of my friends who have been clients, um, you still have to remind them now we're in this space, you know, we're not in, we're not in friend space. Now is when you call me ma'am, you know, and, and it is a learning curve for a lot of people. Um, but if you're patient with it, it, it can be really rewarding. Um, but yeah, I mean, I am happy go lucky. I love to have fun, especially when I'm doing kink or when I have a client, you know, someone who is really open to exploring. I love to laugh and I love to be theatrical. You know, I used to do musical theater and like being able to, to explore that piece of me still as a grown ass adult is very fun. You know, I, I have a client who likes to meticulously clean and he let me throw eggs at him you know and he um I do this thing for every you know ma'am you forget I'll you know count so you know I think he forgot seven or something so I made him go collect seven pine needles under the Christmas tree and then I threw the pine needles everywhere and laughed at him you know like those are really fun for me and there aren't a lot of people who like exploring that type of power exchange but if you want to do that like i get to be exactly who i am because it's playful you might do that with your sibling you know what i mean it's not very sexual except you're wearing a latex skirt and then they're cleaning your floor naked but other than that you know it's not it's not that far from who i am um and the more someone can handle the protocol, the more they do get to know who I am and they understand my intention is very good. I really don't do this for the money. If I did it for the money, I, uh, you know, it'd be exhausting. I just think 
it's a lot to give to people that much of yourself. And I have times where I ebb and flow, you know, last month was a really big month for me. Uh, this month I have one client, you know, and I like having that freedom mm. because I want to be inspired by my friends that I do kink with. I want to be inspired by my partner that I do kink with. And so all of it is just part of who I am. And uh, on my vanilla side, all my friends know that I do this. Um, it's not a secret. My family knows it's just who I am. And I try to make sure that they understand the boundaries and things like that. But yeah, I can't really hide <laughs> when who you I said am musical in those pictures. Theater, I, can't I was hide just who I am thinking and, <laughs> one vlogger uh, on your bottom, so, and yeah, you're going to forget the smile the rest. is just me, and the weird, like, cock eye <laughs> grin is like, what can I be up to? I guess. Oh, I've been known <laughs> to do that. I have a song that I sing in karaoke of, in front of my kink friends called Beat Ooh. Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. It changes it a lot. <laughs> when I have seen your pictures, and I know a lot of times the mood when you take pictures oh, is a lot gosh. different than a mood in an actual scene. <sighs> the people that you are playing with just seem to have this beautiful peacefulness about them. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> is that so much about the picture? Or is it because you have created this amazing connection with them? Um, well, first of all, the man in my pictures is my partner. So okay. any any picture that's had a man in it so far has been my partner. So that definitely helps. Um, he's chill all around. I actually get frustrated sometimes because I don't think he like turns up the heat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's beside the point. Um, as far as the other people, they're my friends, you know, and, and I wouldn't say that we're playing, but I, I try to give them as much respect as possible. So in the last photo set I posted, which there will be another one, hopefully tomorrow, I'm just like exhausted. Um, in the last photo set, I had never met this girl, um, but she is friends with some of my friends. And, you know, we got there, she was having fun. We were playing with lights. My photographer is so much fun. And um, I just checked in with her, you know, every five minutes I said, how does this feel? You know, I mean, that's what you should do. And we weren't playing, we were doing a photo shoot. So it's important for me to make sure she's safe. It's important for me to make sure she's respected. It's important for me to tell her, my hands are gonna go between your legs for this tie, you know, and I think some of us skip to the, the really fun stuff right away. And then we forget how important establishing that is. Um, and the more and more I play, um, the more I, I even uh, sometimes space out on that. You know, mm -hmm. we've done group parties, we've done all these other things. And there are never times where I look back and I'm like, we did that exactly by the book, you know, but I, I try to make sure in my engagements with individuals that it is by the book and, you know, I did a wax play shoot with with one of my friends, uh, Kamarasa, and she, you know, she was a last minute addition. My model bailed, and she was like, "I'll totally do that." But but we practice rope together at the same studio. We know a lot of the same people. She's just like very great. But the whole time she's laughing about how the candles were bitch candles and they were like you know hot, warm bath water, and I'm just like, can you? be quiet. We're trying to be sensual, you know? So it is just, it's being me, letting people feel comfortable. 
and you know i i don't think people have the opportunity to um capture a lot of these moments in the way that i'm capturing them you know you, you don't always do it with your partner and if you do it with a partner you're not doing it with a photographer and um so it, it's cool to be able to say intentionally like for the next two hours we're doing this and it's gonna look like this here's my vision board like we have a lot of fun planning out some of these things and sometimes they turn out completely different um and i'm still playing with like do I put people in the pictures? Do I just have concepts, you know? Um, and even that can get a little exhausting. But the last photos that I did with uh, with my friend Jade, she, um, she was just great. And I don't think I've seen any Shibari photos um, like that before, mm -hmm. you know? And, and that's my goal is to show you like, this is really fun. This is fun. We do this for fun. I didn't have sex with her. We didn't have sex. We didn't make out, but it was still saucy, you know? And, and so, um, yeah, I mean, overall, I think those people just feel comfortable and they like what I'm trying to get to, you know? And if you want an example of one of those amazing pictures, it is the one that we use to promote this particular episode. And you can go to our Instagram, What Women Want Podcast, and you can see the picture that we're talking about. It's also on our Twitter as well. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I appreciate you sharing that picture with me. Yeah. Has there ever been a time when a bottom has surprised you with the way they react to what you are doing to them? I would say most people are surprised when they're not aroused by the end or they can't have an orgasm. Um, I think, as I explained earlier, a lot of people will get into this by watching a lot of pornography. And then this might be their first experience. And they'll just be like, overly embarrassed that like they couldn't get hard when at the end of the day that's part of their fantasy right is a lot a lot of men they want to be able to be in front of this woman who like is so out of their reach and they can't perform and like they are at their lowest that's part of the fantasy and I think because they're not going to this place of like, what is the psychology behind that? They don't understand that that's also part of it. Mm -hmm. These things feel good, but they're not always about getting to an orgasm. And for a lot of people who like chastity, it's really not about getting to an orgasm. A lot of those people can't, can't even perform. You know, I have plenty of, plenty of clients who can't get hard. And so you kind of have to refocus. And when I started doing it, it, it was upsetting me. I was like, well, these people aren't turned on. They're obviously not going to pay for another session. But um, it, it took a long time. That was very surprising. And I do tell people now, if this is their first time, to not be surprised if you if you don't have a hard on, you know, you might go home the next day and you're going to jerk off to it. But it, it, that, that might not be the purpose in the moment, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's always been surprising. And I've talked a lot on the podcast because I talk about me a lot and it's just because that's who I know is mm -hmm. my fetish other than the cat suits, but my fetish is being stuck in a moment I can't get out of. Yeah. And just. Do you like not knowing when it's going to end? I, my fantasy is that it just keeps on going. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love long scenes. 
Uh, yeah. I, I've been known for having some very, very long scenes. So do you um, do like immersion? So immersion would be like, we're going to do this for five days. I've never done be that before. Okay. Oh okay. my gosh. So my, <laughs> you just my gave partner, me a shiver. <laughs> so my partner that I learned this from, um, he had a, a particularly interesting fetish and you know, as we got deeper and deeper into it, we were only dating for four or five months when he finally, he was like, can we do this one weekend a month? Where like, there's no, there's no safe word. There's no this, there's no that. And it is really intimidating if you don't really know that person. Mm-hmm. But at, at the at the core of a female-led relationship, that that's like a lot of people's goals. I don't do 24 seven, but immersion would be like, let's do a long scene a scene that is x amount of time we'll pre-negotiate it it's in writing and this is what i want this is what the other person wants and we don't want this this that and the other that's also part of why the the form works so well right because if we can negotiate that this is going to last an hour um i I kind of have can cover my own my own butt but yeah immersion is um kind of that long form play versus doing it 24 7 when do you know that you've had a good scene? I think that's a struggle. Um, I, I think hearing feedback the next day is very important. Um, I don't necessarily get a ton of enjoyment out of topping. Hmm. My dom drop is pretty significant. Um, and so I'm still kind of learning about that. I think when someone comes back, uh, that definitely gives me a lot of validation. It makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing. Um, but I, I probably get the most out of not not topping, just doing the, the consultative, consultative thing mm-hmm. and just kind of helping people get started, um, talking to them about things they can't even talk to their partner about in some cases. Um, that that's when I feel the best, but, um, topping my partner is really fun. Um, and he's very open with me about his desires. And so I do feel very validated at the end of a lot of those scenes. Um, but with a client, it's really about like, did they come back? Did they give me positive feedback? And did they trust me to really tell me what they, what they think? I know there's a thing called subspace. Is there an equally powerful thing called top space? So I always tell people, are you sure you want me to do this? Because it's a whole show. It's a, it's not just me coming in some jeans and a t-shirt like I'm sitting with you now. I need to wear boots. I need to have leather. I need to sit for 20 minutes before I do this and like get into a whole persona. We talked about earlier how it, it is like I'm two different people. I don't perform that person as vanilla me. I perform that person as the shamanatrix and she has a playlist. She has, you know, outfits. This is who she, you know, it's, it's, it's creative. And that's part of why I love it. It's, I can turn it on and off and it's, um, it's enjoyable to play a part, you know, and that's part of the sexiness of it. Nobody wants to get beat by some girl in jeans and a hat. Sorry. On my end, they don't, but <laughs> Some people have denim fetishes, I guess. But even if I'm, you know, playing with my partner, 
um, the boots come on, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think last time we did a scene, I wore you know, jean shorts and a bra, but I still wore the boots, you know, and <laughs> I still did my hair and had makeup on. And like, it, it helps me empower myself to be the Amazon or be the goddess. You know, there are archetypes of, of, um, there are archetypes of doms and, um, you know, it's important for you to understand which one you identify with so you can really harness that, um, you know, the power that's behind all of that. So I definitely think there's a top space. I am going to make what can be a controversial statement, ma'am. Okay. And it would be me, and I love the fact that you use the word behoove. Mm-hmm. It would behoove me to make sure that you know my intentions in saying this. You do not look your age. Like I'm old? Like I look old? (laughs) You look older, but in a way that shows your power and shows your confidence. And I think inside you, there's an old soul. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've lived a lot of life. Uh, and whether that be for the positive or the negative, you know, I was in the military for a while. Hmm. Um, I've lost a parent. I am divorced, you know, so there's a lot of layers to who I am and who I've become. I am very responsible. I have, you know, I I just have a lot to me. And um, part of the reason I'm called the shaman is I also take people on um, guided psychedelic mushroom trips. So Hmm. if they've never been on one, Um, that's part of, uh, I think understanding yourself and knowing your intention. And I've done a lot of soul searching. So I think that turns you into, you know, whomever you're meant to become. Um, but yeah, I am, I am still very young. I'm very new to the the pro dom world too. And I think, um, as long as I can focus on educating myself and having the best intentions, um, I I'll do great. And I, um, you know, I, I do try, I have a lot of older people around me. One of my closest friends, she's in her fifties. One of my other friends, she's in her sixties. So it just depends again on the company you keep, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. You're I don't awesome. have that many wrinkles though. So <laughs> <laughs> No, you do not, but your, yeah. your hair is definitely kinky in a beautiful way. <laughs> That is not natural. My hair is straight, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it's the persona. Yes, that is part of her. Are you liking what you're hearing? Check out the Total Archives wherever you find your podcasts. And please remember to subscribe so you don't miss a minute. And while you're there, help John out by giving him a rating and review. We really appreciate your feedback. Hello, I'm Jesse Sage from Peep Show Media. Peep Show Media is a multimedia magazine bringing news and stories from the sex industry. Be sure to check out our website at peepshowmedia.com for essays, porn reviews, events, interviews, news stories, and more. Also, make sure to listen to our podcast, The Peep Show Podcast, anywhere you get podcasts. And for a bit more of a personal glance into my life, make sure to check out my January 15th interview on what women and other wonderful humans want. Welcome back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Here again is our host, John, or as we know him, Hi There, Catsuit. 
The Shamanatrix has a service called The List. Tell me about the inception of said list and what the list is all about. So the list is a free uh, referral network of play partners. Um, yeah, I do it wherever. It, it, obviously a lot more people are on the list in Denver. Um, and then there are opportunities for people to do the paid tiers of the list. Um, the list is essentially another form where you take kind of a quiz um, and the quiz populates into a spreadsheet for me. And then every four to six weeks or when I have free time, I'll run an algorithm on the spreadsheet or I'll just kind of poke around um, and I'll try to make matches and say, hey, here's a bio on this person. Here's what I know about them. Um, would you be interested in connecting? And the inception of the list was because I, I started meeting these guys who they really didn't need a dominatrix. They are, you know, in their 40s, they're professionals. They don't want to meet random people from vet life. They don't know how to vet people. They're maybe divorced and this is the first time they've done this. Maybe they think they're polyamorous, you know, they, they just have so many unknowns and they don't have anyone to talk to about it. Their therapist isn't going to help them. They're you know, they're pretty well off. They may own businesses. So I started meeting with men like that and finally sat down with one and, you know, he paid me up front for the consult. Um, he paid for my coffee. He was very friendly. Um, and he really just appreciated my time, you know, and he, and I, I invited him to come to the rope studio. I said, you know, you can always just come as my guest because I always need people to tie. Um, and I think there needs to be more of that in the community. <clears throat> and whatever your stance is on pay for play, um, at the end of the day, I only have so much to extend to people and I am not polyamorous. So I want it to be clear that this is a service. You know, I'm not having people pay me to go to play parties, but I am having people pay me to go sit and chat and talk about their strategy for meeting a play partner. And, you know, some people, so there are two tiers to the list. There's a verified tier where I sit down with you for, you know, 30 minutes to an hour and talk to you about what you're looking for, um, you know, hear about some of your past relationships. And then I do a background check on you. Um, and then I will tell people as you start to match with them that you're verified, that I've met you in person. I know what you look like. Uh, here are some other interesting things about them. Um, and then, you know, we just kind of go from there. You'll stay on the list for a year if you're verified. Um, and that's been going okay. Uh, you know, the list is very new, but I have about 150 people on mm -hmm. it so far. I started it in November. Um, and I just do it in my free time. So again, I, I have a nine to five and I record my own podcast. I'm on another women's podcast here in Denver, I, you know, so I do try to just help people connect. Um, and then the highest tier is called executive search and the executive search function. I actually help people actively search for a partner. I don't guarantee that anyone's going to get a match because if you've ever hired a matchmaker, that's not how it works. However, I do help you beef up your FetLife profile, your Tinder profile, your Hinge profile. We, you know, some of my clients, we talk about like, are you polyamorous? Well, you better know what kind of polyamorous you are before you start going out there. And then you're dating someone who's the love of your life, but you're not their primary, mm -hmm. you know, like you, you need to understand a lot of those concepts before you start throwing around 
I'm poly, well, maybe you're just ethically non-monogamous. Like we got to understand the difference here. Um, and so helping people kind of latch onto that and then showing them, how do I look for people on FetLife? How do I vet them? How do I, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I'm kind of an expert because I also have to seek out my own clients in that way, right? Mm -hmm. What groups do I join? Where, where are my interests? How do I fill out the profile? What do people want to see? You know, um, all those things are part of creating your online persona. And then I just help you along the way, you know, Sh send me some, send me some links of the people that interest you or that catch your eye. I'm going to try and find people that are similar. You know, I'll, I, uh, we do a call once a week. We talk about the people you've matched with, you know, so it's a lot more than just bringing people to you. It's, it's work on your end too, to have intentions behind, you know, trying to find a partner. So, it's, yeah. It sounds so fascinating and the algorithm part sounds very intriguing but I think it comes down to you play your hunches and I think that they're pretty accurate. Yeah, and I think um, it's a lot easier obviously with like the verified people. Um, and it is a struggle because I obviously have a lot more men than I have women on the list. And Denver is a bottom town. I mean, it's like 70% bottoms, 30% tops, and then 20% of the tops are pros or they have an OnlyFans or you know what I mean? And like it's, it's challenging. So that's part of why you can't guarantee anyone anything, but I also know a lot of people. And if you're poly, I, I know a lot more people, you know, I know mm -hmm. a lot of poly people who are open to finding a new partner. And, and I think, um, because I'm so community oriented, that's very different than a lot of doms I have, uh, I've interacted with so far. So where does the shamanatrix go from here? Because I called you old a moment ago, <laughs> and I'm sure I'll pay for that later. I'm just totally kidding. But what are your goals? Where do you see yourself? This is such a typical cliche <laughs> question, but where do you see yeah. yourself in 10 years? I honestly would like to help. Uh, I would like to help couples integrate this type of play um, into their own lives. I do like bedroom basic uh, classes in my house, I'll host like a wine night and gals will come over. And it's interesting because I always have more women than men. Um, you know, I'll have girls that tell me like, we bought the rope, but then we don't know what to do, you know, or, or when to do it. And I bought this toy, but I don't know what I'm going to shove this plug in his butt. And it's just like, I mean, we'll just talk about it, you know, <laughs> and like mm -hmm. giving people some ideas. So, you know, when I talk in those bedroom basics class, I focus a lot on something as simple as sexting, you know, and getting to the heart of why someone likes something. So you're sending your partner a, a sexy text and you're, you know, trying to top them in a sense. And you're telling them you like being helpless, don't you? And you really want to juice that out of them. You want them to say yes. You want them to understand like, oh, he likes this helpless feeling. Well, what about if I call you you know, what if I call you pathetic? Would you like that? What if I told you your penis was small? Would you like that? Like asking and then asking for confirmation mm -hmm. is great. You know, it's a, it's a great first step. And then introducing safe words. You know, the, the first time uh, my former partner and I engaged in sex, he introduced safe words. And I think if you don't read the literature, you're not necessarily as in tune with how to do those things. And so helping people get into that every day, 
um, with their partner is really fun for me. I've been in sessions with couples. I've, you know, tried to get the mood started in a session and then I leave. I think that that's probably the most rewarding thing I can do. Um, it's not really for me to, to top someone and like have a live-in slave. That's not my, my style. That's why I'm the shamanatrix, right? I want to show you, I'm trying to teach a man to fish and then you go, you know, catch as many fish as you want, but do it responsibly and understand your intention behind it. So if I could help people, um, you know, feeling comfortable with it, exploring it, that's really the goal. Um, the long-term shamanatrix is not having sessions in her apartment. You know, it's exhausting. She is still doing photo shoots though, because those are fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so well i know that you have an absolutely bright future ahead of you because of all the amazing thoughts that you put into everything that you do and i could tell that from the first time i read about you saw you on instagram and then saw you your presentation on fet life you, uh, you have yourself together. And I just think that is a beautiful thing. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. My pleasure. Is there anything that you'd like to promote that we can tell our audience about before we finish things up? No, I mean, um, if you follow me on Instagram, my Instagram handle is at the underscore shamanatrix. And it's shaman and dominatrix like put together. That's yeah. Um, and you know, all my info is there. You can send me an email. Um, if you want to join the list, um, that's in my FET life. And my FET life profile is the same, the underscore shamanatrix. Um, I accept all friend requests and I'm always open to having a conversation. If you if you want to have a conversation, um, just shoot me an email or fill out my form and I'll send you an email back and we'll set up some times. Just remember protocol above all. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Such a wonderful woman who shines with confidence in a style that presents power and poise. People who get to play with her are blessed and the people who meet her are among the very lucky. Next time on the show, we'll be with Stephanie Sigler, who is known around the lifestyle as the Kinky Coach. She and I shared an amazingly vulnerable conversation on her show earlier this year, and I'm looking forward to bringing her to you on this platform. Join us on Patreon and you can get shows week before they air here and the exclusive five more minutes where this week, the Shamanatrix tells us what it's like to become a pro dom. You can find it at patreon.com slash what women want podcast. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And if you can give us a rating and review, we'd really appreciate it. That will do it for this edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Can you believe we're more than 40 shows into this adventure with even more stories of authenticity and connection on their way? I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit, thanking you for being with us and reminding you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash whatwomenwantpodcast. Leave us a message at 513-788-2527. 
And we invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. We're kinky done differently.